good morning. Merry Christmas, everybody. Great to see you. Let's say Merry Christmas to all of our campuses. Glad you guys are here. Uh, I want to welcome you to Liquid Church. Uh, if you're new, we have one church that meets in multiple locations all around New Jersey and through Church Online. And uh, it's December, so we are officially kicking off our Christmas series called Lit, and that is an appropriate title uh, because all over the world, Christmas is kind of known, right, as this like season of light. Um, quick show of hands, how many put Christmas lights on your house? How many already have them up? Okay, how many? A lot. Wow, good job. Early adopters. I see the slackers though, okay. Now, now another survey. How many of you know a neighbor who puts too many lights on their house? Okay, it's New Jersey. There's a lot of houses out there lit up. Maybe you got a neighbor like this guy in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. Have you seen him? 350,000 lights on his house. He calls it Wonderland at Roseville. That's the name of his street. He puts Clark Griswold to shame. Uh, every December, he and his wife put up about a quarter million lights. And this year, they went for the record, 350,000 lights. You got like Christmas trees. You got three choo-choo trains going around the property. And uh, I'm kind of like, can you imagine his electric bill, you know, at, at December? Can you imagine being his neighbor, okay? You're not going to be surprised to hear this. His neighbors are not thrilled with this. In fact, the reason I noticed this is this week in the news, 45 neighbors filed a legal petition with the town about the traffic and parking problems uh, his display causes, because he gets about 30,000 visitors on the street, you know? So his next door neighbors are suing to shut it down. How's that for holiday cheer, you know? We wish you a Merry Christmas, up yours, you know, kind of thing, it's like. Personally, I, I love Christmas lights. I mean, December gets dark very, very early. And, uh, you know, wherever you see people turning on lights, whether you're hanging them a tree or in town or you go out shopping, light candles, put them in the window. It's always this kind of warm feeling, this, this feel of family and, and hope and, and light at Christmas. But do you know where this comes from? Even that tradition where we say the, the light of Christmas. I mean, it's kind of a modern tradition, but believe it or not, it goes back to an ancient prophecy. This is a prophecy uh, that was found actually in the Bible. It's about 3,000 years old, and it comes from the book of Isaiah. Can everybody say Isaiah? Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah was this Old Testament prophet who uh, foretold the coming of a Messiah. And Messiah is just a Jewish term for God's chosen one, the, the anointed one. In other words, he said, in a time of darkness, there's gonna come this, this savior who's gonna pierce the darkness of the world with the light of salvation. And uh, he said, this is gonna be the, the chosen one who's gonna forgive the world's sins and literally save humanity. And now this is a prophecy. It just means it's a foretelling of the arrival of Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas, right? But I wanna read the words of this prophecy out loud together because it really is the foundation for our series, Lit. Uh, 3,000 years ago, these words were written. Let's read them together, and here's what we'll do. Whenever you see words in bold, let's read those big, loud voice out loud together. Ready? Here's what Isaiah wrote. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Now, what's Isaiah talking about, right? A, a time of deep darkness, and it's going to shine this kind of light. Well, and how's it relevant, by the way, to 2017, right? 3,000 years ago. Well, you got to go back to that, that moment in history. If you teleported back to ancient Israel, let's do that. We're there, okay? You would find when he wrote these words, it was a very dark moment in history. In fact, the nation of Israel had strayed very far from the commands of God, and uh, they were worshiping false idols. 
They were practicing sorcery or kind of witchcraft, even child sacrifice. So this is a very dark culture Isaiah is writing to. And the results were disastrous. God's people were annihilated by the Assyrian army. In fact, half of Israel was assimilated as their slaves, so they lost their Jewish identity forever. Second Kings says this, uh, the disaster came upon the people of Israel because they worshiped other gods. They what? They followed the example of the nations around them, disobeying the Lord's command not to imitate them. You wanna plunge your life into darkness and foolishness and despair? Just try to imitate the world around you. They took their cues from the nations. They took their cues from a dark culture and it was a disaster. The God's people had fallen into great sin they become just kind of like the perverted culture around them. And watch this. Their leaders let it happen. Their leaders were like, well, you know, the people are going to do what they're going to do. <laughs> well, into this very dark moment in Jewish history, the prophet Isaiah peers into this darkness and he prophesies these words. He predicts. He says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will what? Shine. Translation, no matter how dark it gets, people, don't worry, help is on the way. God's gonna shine a light one of these days, and it's gonna come down, it's gonna pierce the darkness and sin and corruption. Of course, this is a foreshadowing of the Messiah, or chosen, the Savior, Jesus Christ, whose life would illuminate the way, the path back to God for the people. And so this is a prophecy about the, the light of God breaking into a very dark and, and broken world. And what's cool is this is written a thousand years before Jesus is ever born into the scene of the New Testament. And so if you read this, this is one of the proofs of Christmas. Isaiah gets very specific. He says, what's the light gonna be like? What form will it take? Here's what he says. Read it out loud, church. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Guys, this is the Christmas prophecy foretelling the birth of our Savior. The incarnation of Jesus Christ, that's what we celebrate at Christmas. The light of God's Son piercing down into our sin-darkened world with the wisdom, power, and peace of heaven. And I don't know about you, but when I look at the world, this has been a pretty dark year, yeah? Yeah? I mean, all sorts of disasters, you know, hurricanes, sexual harassment, so much hate in social media. And I'm like, you know what? I think our world needs the light of Christ more than ever before. This Christmas, we need to get lit, all right? How's that? Turn to your neighbor and said, let's get lit. Tell him, turn to your neighbor. Come on, right now. Oh, that's less bright right there. I know. <laughs> Not lit like the world talks about it. I know that's kind of like, you know, let's get lit. The teenagers are like, what? You're like, right? And talk to them later. You know, I'll joke it aside, right? I mean, 2017, dark year. When you think about all the darkness in our culture this year, right? The deadly shooting in Las Vegas. Deadliest mass shooting in American history, just when you think it couldn't get worse. Destructive hurricanes that devastated the island of Puerto Rico and the city of Houston. And, you know, sexual harassment scandals that seem to be the headlines every single day. It's like this is a year that's just filled with tragedy and pain and disaster. Some natural, some man-made. In fact, I don't know if you find this, parents. It's difficult to listen to the news with your kids in the car. You, know, you find this? Uh, in the morning, I drive my son and his friend to school, 
And a lot of times I turn on like AM radio to get like, you know, the weather and the traffic report. And this week I'm like listening and like every morning like is a new headline, you know, new sexual harassment charges or nuclear threats, you know, the blah, 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 tweet, and I just, I turned it off. And my son's like, dad, why'd you turn the radio off? I'm like, cause it's a dark world, son. You know, he said, yeah, it's getting darker. <laughs> it's getting darker. And you've probably noticed this. And you know what? That is the reason why the, the darker the world gets, the brighter the church needs to shine, amen? That's what we're gonna do this Christmas because we're people of a prophecy. You are people of a prophecy. At Christmas, we proclaim the words of Isaiah. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, we say it together, church, a light will shine. We know who that light is, amen? Jesus Christ. Your savior is born into a stable at night. The son of God, think of this, he leaves the brilliance, the glory, the purity of heaven for the dirt and the darkness of earth. And Jesus steps through the corridors of time and he pierces this hole in the darkness and he lights up the world with his perfect sinless life. He spends the prime of his years, what is he doing? Uh, giving sight to the blind, feeding the hungry, caring for the poor, and with his death on the cross, which was a, a murderous, unjust affair, he defeats Satan and sin by his sacrifice. And then as he's raised to life, he defeats death. And he says, I can give life now to anybody. Indestructible life. And to his followers, you, Jesus makes this promise. Jesus said, let's read it together. I am the light of the world. And if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Again, with those moments, Jesus stepped in from heaven into human history and fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah. And he makes this incredible promise to you and me in 2017. He says, look at the dark world around you. You see all this pain, all this suffering, all this disaster and death, it is temporary. You are living in the shadowlands right now. But for those of you who follow me, you don't have to walk in despair, you don't have to walk in depression because you have hope now. You're, you're following a savior, in fact, you have my very spirit in you, the one who defeated death and was raised from the dead. So you not only have the forgiveness of sins, you have the confidence of reunion with your father in heaven. And I'm coming back for you. And so even though you suffer temporarily, you have confidence, evil is defeated. And you have the hope of a savior coming back. He says, I'm gonna fix this broken world. I'm gonna set this thing right. Jesus is the light that, that leads to life. What kind of life? Eternal life. When we're life reconnected to God the Father, filled with the Holy Spirit, his life living out of, out of yours. And so what that means is your life takes on a whole new purpose. You know what the purpose of your life is if you're a follower of Jesus? <laughs> you are his reflector. <laughs> You are a light reflector. I know some of you are like, you assaulted me with the loudness of the music. Now I can't see. I get it. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> this is your number one purpose in life. It is to reflect the light of the world. Look what Jesus says. He goes, I'm the light of the world, but you want to see something weird? What did he tell his followers in Matthew 5? He said, and you? You are the what? Light of the world. In other words, now that your life is filled with my life, my spirit's filled inside of your spirit, what's your job? To get lit. Light, light up the darkness. Let my love and my compassion, my mercy flow out of your life in a dark and weary world. 
And church, that's exactly what we're going to do this Christmas, amen? We're going to get lit, okay? That's going to happen. What I mean by that is, again, not like, you know, the world talks about like getting lit, get drunk, that kind of thing. What I mean is the people of God, we're going to go on mission with Jesus. And we are going to kick a hole in the darkness until it bleeds daylight. This December, we are going to spend ourselves bringing the light of Christ to people who desperately need it. Let me tell you how this works. If you're new to our church, December is kind of like a cool month because this is the month where typically we put our faith into action to serve people who can't possibly pay us back. We like to say the, the least, people who are forgotten, the last, those are kind of last in line and overlooked, and the lost. People are so far from God and couldn't even imagine that God loves them with the ferocity that he does. And into those, that darkness, we say, you know, we're gonna pour the light of Jesus, and I'm proud to let you know one of the ways we're gonna do that is we are committing this December's Christmas outreach to packing, providing, and paying for a record one million meals for hungry families in Puerto Rico, our brothers and sisters who were devastated by Hurricane Maria this September. If you watch the news recently, you probably know the situation in Puerto Rico is still incredibly dire. I mean, we're almost three months after. It hit uh, the island like a buzzsaw and leaving 1,000 homeless. In fact, that's a picture. Take a look at this. Throw it up on the side screen. That's Darielis Lopez. That's her 20-month-year-old son and her three-year-old daughter sitting on a sofa in their living room. Notice there's no walls, there's no roof, because that's where their apartments once stood in San Isidro. Uh, the hurricane destroyed the island's entire electrical grid, leaving millions without food, electricity, and water. In fact, I saw this report in the Times where they're actually getting water from a toxic Superfund site and filtering it through a portable filter, just like kind of mind-boggling. And FEMA is on the scene, and, but it's very different than Houston. Uh, they are working round the clock to restore Paradigm, but they're still months away from any semblance of normal life. In fact, 60 Minutes just ran a report spotlighting how serious the situation is in Puerto Rico months after the hurricane. Check this out. There's been some finger pointing about the speed and effectiveness of the relief and recovery effort, but the misery there has much more to do with nature. When Hurricane Maria arrived on the morning of September 20th, it was largely unheralded and never projected to hit the continental United States, which was already suffering hurricane fatigue. But the storm tore into Puerto Rico with sustained winds of 155 miles an hour and then began a slow 12-hour crawl across the countryside, with the center of the storm enveloping the entire island. Storms that come through Puerto Rico typically hit part of the island. This hurricane essentially went right through the middle of Puerto Rico. There was no safe haven. There was no safe haven. Uh, you know, we're going to keep... Ricardo Rosselló is the 38-year-old governor of Puerto Rico. He's been in office for only 10 months and was one of the first to inspect the damage. Once we flew over the island, it looked like a bomb hit Puerto Rico. It was just all wiped out. It is a different set of circumstances, and uh, whoever doesn't understand that uh, uh, really needs to, to look at this twice. There are all sorts of circumstances that make it unfair to compare Puerto Rico's situation with those in post-hurricane Texas and Florida. First, it's an island, a thousand miles away from the U.S. mainland with washed out roads, destroyed bridges, unreliable communications, and in most places, still no electricity. What happened here is that within a 24 hour period, 
life as we knew it in the island just collapsed. It was a brand new island 24 hours later. There's no food, there's no water, there's no gasoline, there's no diesel, there's no power, there's no running water, there's no banks, there's no ATMs, there's nothing. The people here call it the Camp of the Forgotten and ferry supplies back and forth across the gap using a shopping cart on pulleys. On the other side of the river, we found hundreds of people gathered to receive emergency food and water. The mayor told us it's a daily occurrence. Daily occurrence, that's daily life still in Puerto Rico. It's almost unbelievable. About 60% of the island is still without electricity, total darkness. And guys, I'll be honest, when we talked about, you know, packing and, and, and providing one million meals this December, it was a little overwhelming. But the truth is our hermanos y hermanas need our help. The, the need is now. It's not three months from now. I mean, a few weeks here after Maria, many families still lack the basics, including nutritionally fortified food. And the need is urgent. So our leadership team, we prayed about it. And we said, you know what? This is what our whole church is for. This is what we're about. It's bringing light into dark places. And so we're going to step up to the challenge. Originally, we were actually going to send some meals this Christmas to Nicaragua, but we requested they be sent to uh, Puerto Rico, and we need your help. Here's what we need. We need every able-bodied man, woman, and child to do one of two things, depending on when you hear this message. If you're in Parsippany, we need you to sign up to serve this Friday and Saturday because that's, we need thousands of people packing these meals and invite everybody to know, your friends, your neighbors. It's a family-friendly outreach. We want actually parents and kids serving together. It's one of the ways we do discipleship here at Liquid. But if you're at our other campuses hearing this message, what that means is you have already helped pack those meals and we wanna thank you for leading our church. So can we thank our campuses for leading the way? You guys are doing an amazing job. In fact, check out this little highlight video, kinda cool. It's a wonderful feeling to know there's so many people doing what needs to be done. It's just amazing, absolutely amazing. I signed up to serve today because it was a great opportunity for my family to serve alongside our life group and our church family and to be able to work together to give back to the needy in our community. My favorite part is putting on a hairnet. Need a double XL, it's an amazing thing, guys. As you can imagine, uh, you know, one million meals, a lot, requires a lot of muscle to do that, and it's one of the benefits of being part of a larger church. We're able to make a significant dent, but also costs a lot of money. Our church is paying for these out of our own pockets. And so we're just asking everybody at every campus to contribute this December to our one in a million Christmas offering um, to pay for these meals. We're calling it one in a million for two reasons. One, we are feeding one million emergency meals to the hungry around the world, but second, we're asking God to provide $1 million to pay for it by December 31st. I know that seems like a lot of money, and it, it, is a, it is a lot of money. But we have seen God do incredible things when we front load and prioritize the poor. That's what our church exists to do. And so in December, here's kind of what we do just to kind of bring you into this. We receive a Christmas offering in December, and it's not to go to capital operations. What we do is so that we can give it away to people who can't possibly pay us back. The hungry, the homeless, kids, children with special needs, people who are hurting in need of hope at Christmas. And so here's, here's how it works. By the way, if you're like not part of our church, like you can kind of tune out 
Don't like it, because I was like, I was like, oh man, there's gonna be like cynical people who are like, I knew it, the church is after my money. Just tune out, okay? You're just like listening to a family conversation. But you should know this about our church. We're a tithing church. You know what that means? The word tithe means 10%. What that means is as a church, we take the first 10% of every nickel that gets given and we give it away to people who can't pay us back. We're like, this is, all of the money is the Lord's money. Everything that we have as a family, everything we have as a church. And we are privileged to prioritize the poor at Christmas and serve those who need help. And so our inspiration for this doesn't come from like a business plan. I mean, if you have like a business or something, imagine like saying like first 10%, we're just giving it away, right? We do it because that's what the word of God says. Uh, In Isaiah, again, the prophet, Isaiah 58, here's what the Lord commands his people. This is so important. This is where we get this from, right? Let's read it together. Share your what? Food with the hungry. And give what? Shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from who? Relatives who need your help. Guys, our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico are relatives. This is a U.S. territory. And we've already been working with a local church in San Juan. Uh, it's called La Iglesia Cristiana Metropolitana. It's the, the, the Metropolitan Church of Jesus uh, to provide emergency tarps and generators. But paying for a million meals, we're like, we're going to need every, that's a lot of light. <laughs> and so we're going to need generosity on the part of every family, starting with mine. So let me tell you kind of what Colin and I do in December, every, time, every Christmas uh, before we start, you know, our kids like, what am I going to get? I'm going to get. And we're like trying to teach them. We're like, no, what are you going to give? What are you going to give? What are you, you know, we push against what the world says. Christmas is all about consumerism. And we're like, no, Christmas is all about giving for God's love the world that he gave. And so we're going to give as a family. And we sit down and talk as a family, like, what are we going to sacrifice to serve the poor? How are we going to give above and beyond our normal ties to the Christmas offering? Now, we haven't done that for a couple years because we've had the, the Saturate campaign, and I get that, but we're like, this Christmas, we need to, to, to readjust, recalibrate, and prioritize the poor, those living in darkness who need hope, who need the light of Christ, let there be light. <laughs> Isaiah says, when you do that, something incredible happens. This is one of the most wise investments you can make in life. You know what Isaiah promises? He says, if you share your food, you give shelter, then what? Your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. So God says in some sort of mysterious way, when you prioritize the poor, when you have my Father's heart for my starving children, by the way, that's the organization that we're partnering with. It's called Feed My Starving Children. Your light breaks forth. In other words, the light of Jesus comes out of your life, and watch, your healing will quickly appear. And then it says, your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord, glory, light, will be your what? Say that phrase, your, you know what that means? God says, when you protect the poor, I got your back. I got your back. Everything is mine, the Lord says. I'm giving 90% of it to you. But when you prioritize the poor, your healing quickly appears, your righteousness goes before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. See, when I see that you have my heart, I got your back. I got your back. That's not a prosperity gospel. It's saying give it away and see what God does. So what I wanna do is I wanna invite everybody to be part of this. Again, what I wanna do is in fact, I'm gonna invite our ushers forward at every campus. They're gonna give to you something we prepared. We want you to go home with as a family to just pray about. Uh, a little vision brochure that describes 
are one in a million Christmas offerings. So would you pass those out at every campus? Take a look at this. You know what you're gonna see is, the first key thing, of course, is the million meals for Puerto Rico, but there are four other major missions that we feel God calling us to in 2018. The first is the million meals, and the second you'll notice is night to shine. Can we hear it for night to shine? It's one of the best things we do. This is our prom. This is our prom for teens and adults with special needs. It's our very favorite night of the year. And I'm pleased to uh, announce that this February, you're gonna see dates in here that are important. Put these on your calendar. Uh, we are partnering with the Tim Tebow Foundation again to host what we're calling New Jersey's largest party. Uh, last year, we hosted five Night to Shine proms in five different locations. But on February 9th, we're gonna host the equivalent of six proms under one roof. Uh, right in our uh, auditorium at the broadcast campus in Parsippany. We have over a thousand volunteer spots. All the same opportunities are available to all of the campuses, just like before. We need buddies, we need table hosts, we need respite workers. So Night to Shine, you'll see second mission funded by our Christmas offering. But then notice the third here, notice the third. Just open it up and take a look. It says student missions. And this one is close to my heart because I got some students in this church. <laughs> and I want to invite Pastor Hosil Siegel out to tell you about it. She's the architect behind Liquid Family in our high school ministry. Would you guys welcome Pastor Hosell? Come on out here, Hosell, thebomb.com. Uh, we really have a passion to invest the next generation and teach them from early on how to shine the light of Christ in some of the darkest areas of the world. So last summer, in the middle of all this madness, Hosell hops on a plane with 48 high schoolers. Was the idea of this vacation? Certainly not. <laughs> Tell us about it. Um, well, we took a bunch of kids and leaders to the Dominican Republic. Um, we had an opportunity to actually care for some orphans, distribute food and clothing, and also share the gospel. And we did this in partnership with an amazing organization called Handfuls of Hope. And what we love about Handfuls of Hope is that they've had a 20-year presence in the DR. And they're a faith-based organization. And so what that means is when we go into the communities, do what we do, everything is tied to the love of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What I saw, it was kind of incredible because you guys like holding burby, uh, babies in the yes. burn unit. These are, uh, these are kind of in uh, what's called the Bataille in Dominican Republic, very dark place. Actually, the people are not even counted in the census because they're considered non-persons. And so Hosel and our high school mentors took them in and pretty big impact. Tell us about Ben, that's a cool story. Yes, um, so this is Ben, he's a sophomore, he's fun, he's an all around great guy, but he's also a little bit on the shy side. And leading up to this trip, his biggest prayer to God was this, just Father, help me to step out of my comfort zone and be the light of Jesus. And on this trip, we got to distribute hundreds and hundreds of meal packs and clean water, and our students actually had an opportunity to pray over each family member. And this is just a sweet photo of Ben doing just that, making faith his own. It's incredible to see the impact on the next generation. You showed me some video you took like yeah. with your phone and stuff. Do you have video? Yes, um, if we can roll it, that would be great. Give you a sneak Watch peek this. at what it's we amazing. Do. I'm well on my way to my dreams coming true And I'm getting to do it with you 
high schoolers. That's pretty cool, right? And our mentors who win. Dark country, Dominican Republic, there's a lot going on there. When our high schoolers come in, they're facing some incredible situations that kind of pop the, you know, bubble that we have here sometimes in New Jersey. Tell us about it. So um, I just have one more um, sweet story to share. This is actually a photo of Karina. She's just an amazing girl. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm That's so okay. sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Here in the United States, special needs is something actually we celebrate. We just talked about Night to Shine. But in other parts of the world, it is a dark curse. And so when Karina first came to the girls' orphanage, at mealtime, she wouldn't necessarily use the utensils that were on the table. She would put her head down into the bowl and eat out of it that way. She was often found crawling on all fours, barking like a dog. And the thing is that Karina was actually raised outside with the dog, so this is all that she knew. But the incredible thing, and this is how God works, right, is that when we decide, hey, I'm going to go out and do something, I'm going to go on a trip like this, or even when we decide that we're going to serve on Sunday morning, our hearts are so full, we, we're excited about giving, and we're excited about the impact that we can make, but oftentimes, it's God who is actually working in us, and on this particular trip, nine of our own students actually gave their life to Christ, and so it's just a really that's beautiful... Yeah, that's incredible. It's awesome. It's an amazing thing. Uh, my own daughter uh, went on this trip and just to see the impact. Now, I'm just looking at this hotel, and you wrote that you want to double the number of students next summer. Yes, um, <laughs> and honestly, we've had such great, um, you know, it's, kids are just super excited, but we're actually planning two trips this summer. The first is July 29th through August 4th, and the second is August 12th through the 18th. But we also didn't want finances to ever get in the way of a student wanting to make an impact and actually experience what we experienced this summer. So we're also giving away some scholarship to families who wouldn't be able to afford it. You know, this is um, it's amazing to me, you know, because this is really, guys, it is investing in the next generation of millennial missionaries to some of the darkest parts of the world. And, um, you know, as the parent of a high schooler, thank you for getting our high schoolers lit. Amen? Can we thank Hosell and all of our high school mentors? They do an amazing job. I hope you see, what I, ho what I hope you see, especially if you're new to our church, I hope you understand our philosophy of discipleship. You're not saved for your own sake, you understand that? Jesus gives his life away, he invites you to reconnect to your heavenly father, be part of his eternal family, and now you give your life away. You don't get saved so that you can sit and soak on a Sunday. <laughs> it's so that you can go out and spend yourself on behalf of the hungry, give shelter to the poor. A girl like Carissa who's raised as a dog, and you get to proclaim you are made in the image of God. You are a daughter of God. You're made in his image, fearfully, wonderfully made, and our kids get to tell them that. See, it's one thing to reflect the light of Christ in your own life, but Jesus said, he said, no, 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 I'm the light, now you go be the light. I fed the hungry, you feed the hungry. I cared for the poor and the widows, and the you care for the poor. I love what this does because it lodges this anchor of compassion in a generation that sometimes is looked at as a little bit cynical. So our Christmas offering is, um, you can see it has a global dimension to it, right? We're talking about Puerto Rico. 
We're talking about the Dominican Republic, and it brings us to the fourth and final piece of our Christmas offering, clean water. I talked about this last week. I don't have to say too much. The impact that you guys had this past year bringing clean drinking water to families in Africa is stunning, uh, particularly the country of Rwanda. Last year, um, the drill rig that you guys purchased and we donated as a church to the people of Rwanda completed 61 water wells in Rwanda. Clean water for 30,000 people. That's a lot of light. It's so cool. Somebody uh, last week, one of you came up to me and said, hey, can we see a picture of like the most recent well? Yes, you can. Uh, it was in the village of Kabingo, Rwanda. They took a picture. Now look, this is not the well. This is the before picture. That's what they were drinking out of. That's, the, that's a mud puddle. It's just runoff from the mountain there. And they said in the report, village mom reported, last year, 86 families in the village had typhoid. 86 families infected with typhoid and other respiratory infections. You guys came in, and with our drill wig, this is the well that we put in after. The water is clean, finally free of worms, and it's going to give 700 people clean water for life in Jesus' name. Praise God. That's the light of Christ going out. So understand what you're doing. When you give, you, you push back the darkness of disease. You, you break the cycle of poverty and spiritual blindness. So in 2018, we're targeting 47 more wells in the Nyanza district. It's a WASH program. That stands for Water Access Sanitation Hygiene. We do latrines and all that, and some of you are gonna go on a trip. But they have about 50% coverage. And we believe that uh, with Liquid's investment, we're gonna get to 100% coverage, 100% saturation. And we're making progress, guys. This, what's so cool about the clean water cause is this is a goal we could see happen in our lifetime. You can't say that about a lot of things, yeah? When we started um, funding clean water wells seven years ago, there were a billion people in the planet who had no clean water. You know how many there are now? 663 million. That's incredible, guys. So understand, your generosity literally saves lives. God's given some of you the financial capacity to save an entire village. Can I just be candid? <laughs> A clean water well in Rwanda costs between $10,000 and $15,000. Maybe, maybe your Christmas gift is you're like, our family's going to fund a well, you know? I talked to a guy last week. It was super, super fun. He came up. He was so excited. Uh, he said, Tim, I work for a corporation, and there's a lot of people from my company who attend different liquid campuses. And he says, if we get 10 of us together, we can each donate 1000 That's $10,000 for one well, and our company will match it. Isn't that cool? So, so he's like, we're going to actually give. Yeah, that's awesome. Be creative. See what God can do and multiply. Because guys, one million meals, one million dollars, this is a lot of, of light. So we need everybody here to give back a portion of what God has blessed you with. So inside of your program, we just put, just take a look. There's a special envelope. You'll notice it says one in a million on it in red because red's kind of color of Christmas. And that envelope, it's prepaid. It's, if you postmark it by December 31st, all gifts are 100% tax deductible in 2017. But we want to leave that up to you because this is not about fundraising. It's not about philanthropy. Again, I was like, oh, I hate talking about this in some respects for new people. Because like if you're walking in, you're like, oh, I knew it. You know, this church, all the money. Guys, we're not doing this for charity. We are doing this at Christmas because you and I are people of the prophecy. For those who are living in a land of deep darkness, what's it say? A Light will shine. 2,000 years ago, your Savior leaves heaven. He steps down into this dark planet, and it's his light that gives us eternal life. And at Christmas, it's our turn. As his followers, we are called to pierce the darkness of our world with the light of Christ. So how far will your light shine this Christmas? Can you see everything that God's calling us to? Like at Christmas, man, it's just, 
my family, we're just like every other family. We got caught up in the shopping malls and I got my son sending me Amazon lists on Google Docs and all. <laughs> Amazon, man, I just. And we're like, that's, that's fine. We love that stuff. But it's not about consumerism. If we can change the heart of our church family and we can change the heart of our kids from asking, what am I gonna get? To what can I give? Because Jesus said, I am the light, and he says, now you be the light. He said, I'm gonna feed the hungry, now you feed the hungry. Jesus is the living water, he says, now you give clean water. I'm excited, because I'm like, what is God gonna do through this one in a million Christmas offering? I realize, you know, look, everybody's tired of talking about money. I, <laughs> I am, at least, Let's speak for me. But if I can just like have a heart to heart as a pastor, again, if you're like cynical and you're like, oh, it turns me off, I totally get that, just tune me out. But if you can hear the heart behind this, we're working with an organization called Feed My Starving Children. And it's very, everyone has a heart for that. But it's hard because we're in New Jersey. <laughs> if you're like our family, Colleen and I both work, right? We're raising our kids, we're trying to save for college and all that stuff. And, 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 and you know what our leaders actually did? We actually got together and we said, you know what? We just did this Saturate campaign. Maybe we should just skip the Christmas offering this year. Let's just skip it. And we prayed about it, and then we heard about the dire need, right? Meals in Puerto Rico, kids in the Dominican Republic, teens and adults with special needs, and we said, you know what? We can't afford not to help. Because at Liquid, we believe the darker our world gets, the brighter our church needs to shine, amen? This is a burning moment, guys, for us as a church to come together. And so I want to invite you to do what our family's going to do. And here's, here it is. It's simple. This is your next step today. Would you take this brochure home and would you pray? Don't, don't, you don't have to do anything today. Would you take this home and pray about it every day? Put it on your night table. And just between now and Christmas, you just pray about it every day and ask this question. Lord, what do you want me to give? That's it. God, what do you, what do you want us to give as a family? And I want you to get together what we do with our kids. We actually pray about each project and we say, because I'm guessing one of these four projects resonates with you, touches your heart. Which, which one is it? And between now and December 31st, you say, God, what do you want us to give? And it's a teachable moment. And then you just simply obey the Holy Spirit. That's how we do finances. We, we actually trust the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine that? More specifically, we are trusting God for for a million dollars above and beyond our general offering so that we can finish 2017 strong in the black and fully fund each of these compassion projects in 2018. So if you're a Christ follower, let me challenge you. How far, how many starving children are you gonna feed? Is it 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, million people? My prayer is that you'll be one in a million, lighting up our world for Christ this Christmas. From my heart to yours, Colleen, I just can't thank you enough for, for all that you serve and give every single week at your campus here in New Jersey and to the ends of the earth. I love being your pastor and can't wait to get lit this Christmas. Amen? <laughs> Let's pray together. Yeah, give God a hand. Father, we're praying because we want to thank you and we want to ask you now, God, this isn't fundraising. You lit our way at Christmas. God, you loved the world so much that you gave your only son, that whoever believes in the name of Jesus will not perish, but have life eternal with you forever. And so, Father, I thank you for being so generous. Everything we have is yours. 
I thank you for lavishing so much, Lord. Even when things are tight here, we realize, oh, we are blessed. But Lord, we're blessed to be a blessing. So God, I ask you, would you put your hand on our student missions in 2018 as they go to Dominican Republic, raise up a generation of millennial missionaries. New people, Lord, plant seeds right now for the gospel. Father, I, got, I ask that you put your hand on those who are going to Rwanda and Nicaragua on clean water trips, Father. It's not just clean water, it's the gospel as people learn about Jesus and give their lives to him. And Father, I pray as we pack and provide these one million meals, may they go to a family who will ask the question, why are you feeding me? And the answer is because I was hungry and Lord, you gave us something to eat. And now we're feeding others in your name, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for that privilege, Father. We love you and we ask all glory to go to you. In Jesus' name, everyone said together. Amen. 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 Merry Christmas, church. You guys ready to get lit? All right. Hey, let's do this. Between now and Christmas, we're going to be adding more and more Christmas songs and hymns for us to celebrate with. We want to bring joy to the world. So would you stand for our final song?